Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Time Machine Archives on Beyond the Album Cover. I had the pleasure of interviewing Monica and Tara, two-thirds of the New Jack, or should I say in this case, New Jill Swing girl group, The Girls. They talk about everything from their formation of the group, seeing Kyle West and I'll Be Sure early on producing in effect mode, Singing backgrounds for I'll Be Sure while he was opening for New Edition on the Heartbreak Tour, which they also opened up for. And how Monica and Terry later went on to form a duo, put out an album, and work with various artists and producers. So it's definitely a new jazz swing thing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Monica and Tara from R&B Girl Group, The Girls, right here. On Beyond the Album Cover. Ain't a thing but the new Jack Swing. Yep, yep. Hey everybody, this your boy Jay Mason. Side the Time Machine on WUAG 103.0 FM. Playing the best in new and old school hip-hop, R&B, and everything else in between. With me on the phone right now, I have Monica and Tara. Former members of the late 80s, early 90s R&B girl group, The Girls. Tara, Monica, welcome to the Time Machine. Well, hello. Thank you for having us. No problem. Yes, thank you. No problem. How are you ladies doing this evening? We're fabulous. <laughs> okay, I can I can understand that. Now, let's go ahead and get into it. When did you ladies get your start singing prior to the girls? Anybody can take this question first. Tara? <laughs> no, you go ahead. <clears throat> you, what did you ask, Jarell, when did prior to the girls? Prior to the girls, when you guys get when you get your start singing? Well, Tara and I grew up in South Carolina, and we went to high school together, and um, she and I were constantly involved in the arts in South Carolina, so we formed a, a group. We actually, a lot of people don't know this, but we started out as rappers, <laughs> and um, the local promoter of, of, uh, of our city at the time, he was bringing a lot of acts in, and Tara and I would, would be the opening act. And um, and from there, uh, just seeing the response, I mean, we wrote all of our own material, we choreographed everything, and you know, it just seemed like people in our city really liked us. So it just it, it continued to go from there, and um, and we were able to meet Andre Harrell, who started Uptown Records and Heavy D at the time, um, and from there they they saw us, they liked us, and. They, we, Tara and I were still in high school at the time, and they said, once you get out of school, you know, come to New York. And Tara was very persistent, and she didn't take that lightly at all, and she just pushed and made sure that he would remember us. And I graduated, and she and I were off to New York, and from there, the girls were, we were created. Okay, now, um, were you guys familiar with Andre Harrell's work at the time? You know, he was with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and then, you know, he did his thing, you know, working with Heavy D and the boys. Well, we weren't necessarily familiar with Jekyll and Hyde. That was a little before our time, but we were, um, we did know about Heavy D and the boys. It was, BET was just really getting started, and we were watching BET every day, so we knew about every artist that was out, every label, you know, every artist on every label. So, yeah, when he came to town, that was a big deal for us because we knew what he was doing and were familiar with his artists. Mm. Now, where did the name The Girls come from? Well, we were going back and forth with, with names, and originally we were called The Uptown Girls. Um, and... 
but whenever we had something to do, everyone in the office were always like, where are the girls today? Where are the girls? Are the girls in the studio? And so we were like, you know, everybody calls us the girls, so we're the girls. <laughs> and it was just as simple as that, and, and we just we, we changed the spelling a little bit. Mm, to make it more funky, hip, and fresh right. with the Z on the end, just like how the boys should have had the boys with a Z. You know, the boys were a popular R&B group in the 80s, had hits such as Die My Heart and Crazy, and that was produced by L.A. and Babyface. Now, where did Terry come to the equation? Well, once we went to New York and we started doing songs with Kyle, um, actually Heavy, Terry was in another group, and Heavy suggested that instead of us rapping, that Andre formed a singing group and go ahead and put the three of us together. Um, and so he did. We went in and did some test songs. They came out really, really great. And so girls were born. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of sort of like a TLC situation because, well, not really, but Chili, well, she was a background singer or dancer, I believe, for Damien Dame, and that's how she got into TLC. Well, exactly. yeah. She was a, a dancer. But, yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of sort of like that because Tara and I were pretty much a package deal. We had come from South Carolina, and... They knew they wanted to do something with us, and, and they had heard both of us singing, and they were like, wait a minute, you, you guys can sing. And they already knew Terry, and they wanted to do something with Terry. And so like Tara said, they put us in the studio. We did some songs, and, I mean, they came out. So it was just, it was magic. Mm. We knew that we had something, and so did everyone else. Right. Now, how did you guys land to be background singers for I'll Be Sure? Well, at the time, Al was our, our label mate, and he was about to go out on tour and needed background singers, and Andre thought that would be a perfect way to launch us and also to give us some experience on bigger stages. And um, so we actually had to audition not only for Al, but for his record company at the time, and they loved us, and so he was able to make it work. Right, de yeah, definitely, because I, I remember seeing the Rescue Me video, and I just caught it just now that you guys were in the video jamming and feeling it in the video you know oh yeah i mean honey we when we heard that we had the opportunity to sing background for al which would have then uh, opened the door for us to go on the heartbreak tour i mean we stayed up every night <laughs> rehearsing we i mean we put our own routine together we, I, every single night, we wanted it that bad, and that's that. You know, that's that's actually what what it takes. You know, we really came together as a group and practiced the harmonies and making sure that our routine was tight. And it, when it was time for the audition, we actually showed up to the audition in in uniform. You know, we wanted them to really see the visual, and and I and and it got it. It landed us the, the job. Mm -hmm. Got it. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me about the making of the debut album, Love Me or Leave Me, which I believe came out in 88, correct? Yes. Okay, tell me about the making of that album. It was made in Kyle West's basement. <laughs> he had a basement studio and a four-track. With a and big old dog would, that we were scared of. <laughs> yeah, we would, we would go to his basement, and we made the record probably in about a month or so. We wow. did. We did. Mm, so it was very homemade, very organic. Very oh, definitely. Much so. I, I you know, back in those days, you didn't have um, songwriters. You had to be a songwriter. You had to have in-house producers, and which 
I think ultimately really is the best way to do it because your artists actually have an opportunity to grow. So we were just sort of thrown in a situation and told, make an album, and we just had to show and prove. Right, and you guys definitely did because if it's games you're playing, big single, and then Jam Jam if you can, another big single. Now tell me about the video for If It's Games You're Playing, which I believe one of you guys just discovered just recently through another website and looking back on it, like the Jeeps and the outfits and just like, wow, what were we thinking? But it was hot at the time. Yeah, well, it was was definitely (laughs) hot at the time. Uh, Dapper Dan, who resided in Harlem, he was, everyone knew him for making all of this MCM gear. Um, and so it was, it was pretty hot that we came out with that Wrangler and it had the MCM leather interior. And, um, you know, it just, it, it made sense at the time. And, and people, people loved it and, and we loved it. We thought we were just too much, honey. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so you guys thought y'all were balling while blasting the cassette of Johnny Kemp Just Got Paid <laughs> along with Guy. Right. Now, tell me about, you know, being in the midst of New Jack. You know, you guys are in it, and, of course, guys blowing up. Bobby Brown, by this point, make it start with Don't Be Cruel and New Edition coming of age with Heartbreak. Now, what was it like going on the Heartbreak tour? It was a dream come true for us. It was. It was. Um, all of those people were our idols. They, they were the people that we looked up to. We watched each week, and we just had made, in our, made up in our minds that we were going to go on tour with them, and a year later we were there. So um, it, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, did you guys kind of get starstruck? Like, oh, that's no addition. I grew up singing Cool It Now and all this. I actually had a crush on one of them. Was it that kind of you know, situation? No, no you no. know, it was, it's really funny because we had already met so many people by the time we got there that we were already had relationships we already knew them so they were just kind of like oh my god they're here for real mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly they kind of knew because even prior uh i remember saying to ronnie from new edition uh we're gonna be we're gonna be on tour with you and he kind of like patronized me like oh okay yeah <laughs> and then the day of the tour we we went over to we had our road manager take us over to their hotel and I knocked on the door and it, the first day of the tour was in South Carolina actually so he knew I was from South Carolina he knew Tara and I were so I knocked on the door and he was like hey he was like um, oh you guys came for the show and we said no we're we're in the show <laughs> and he just laughed like oh my goodness because we had just said to him we're going to be on tour with you. So it's interesting because Tara and I had been dreaming all of this and really believing it. And, and it was very surreal to, in, in a year's time to see all of the things that, that she and I, we were in agreement with this, in agreement with this. And, and to, in a year's time to see all the things that we'd been staying up late at night talking about and dreaming about, that we, it was now a reality. Uh-huh. It was a magical Time and the guys were, were great. I mean, they we were like the, the, the little sisters of the tour. Mm-hmm. Now, was there any, like, you know, backstage pranks and stuff going on, you know, food fights, water gun fights, anything of that nature? Oh, all the time. Bobby was, uh, was just crazy. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. So he was always stirring up something on off days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what were your guys' take on uh, Troop? 
Oh, we love them. Tara? Mm, so, Played them every day. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. And once again, we knew, you know, all of these people at the time and, you know, had built relationships with them and, and really respected their craft. And so, um, you know, to be around so many talented people all the time was just amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, what what was going on? Okay, Heartbreak Tour, David Alma 88, what went on after that? Well, when we got off tour, we came back uh, to, to New York, and we were doing shows, like, in the area. Like, we were doing shows in, in New York. We were doing shows in New Jersey. Um, and then shortly thereafter, it just seemed, I think, Al, help me out, Tara, with here, because this is the part I kind of get a little weird on. But this is, like, Al had taken off like tremendously and I don't Terry ended up well Tara and I moved to Philadelphia Terry ended up going into another group and uh, that was a little disappointing honestly you know for us but you know looking back and even shortly thereafter we realized that everything happened for a reason because then Tara had reached a, a, a point where she felt like you know what I'm really taken to the business of all of this, and I don't really want to be, you know, in the front anymore. She was kind of like our, our Michael Bivens, mm-hmm. you know, and so she didn't want to be on stage performing anymore, but we were all very, like, we were really good songwriters, each of us. So, you know, so then about a year afterwards, we, we came back together, and we decided, you know what, we'll just be, it'll be me and Terry, and then Tara would manage us which was a very unique situation. And um, just like just to make a long story short, that's basically what happened. And then from the girls, the group Terry and Monica was then born, which Tara was still a silent member of. She was our ma- a manager, and she also wrote the songs with us. Okay, because I remember seeing the video for uh uh-huh, and everybody was in it, so it was kind of like, you know, there was no ill will, just like, okay, we're going to do this, you know, but we still collectively are the girls. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, I think the biggest thing to mention is that we never really knew how much people enjoyed our record. It was a huge underground success, and commercially not so much. And so I think we were kind of um, disappointed with the way our sales went and didn't just didn't know we had such a huge underground following. And over the years, we've come to realize that we made so much more of an impact than we ever Realized. Yes, you guys have because I believe I was looking on eBay trying to find you guys' debut record. I can't even find it. The closest thing that I could find from you guys are the 12 inch um, singles of Wishing You Were Here and Jam Jam If You Can. Yeah. Yeah, they said the debut album is so rare that people are willing to pay buku bucks for it. And I think you actually told me this, Monica, that your folks actually have a copy of that record. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they have a copy of everything. <laughs> yeah, and as a matter of fact, I was on, somebody told me that same thing that you're telling me now when I went on eBay and I saw that there was an offering up to $200 for the album, which really blew my mind. Yeah. Right. Now, I, I want to know this. I'm curious. Do you guys remember Cheyenne? Yeah. I've waited too long. Can you Definitely. tell me where I can find that single? Ch- I have been looking for this song forever. I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah. What happened to her? Because she just came and went. That one record produced by Kyle West. Do you, do you know what she's up to or anything? 
no idea. Okay, so it's basically a where they now situation. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, but you can find that record on uh, eBay. That's how I found that record. And I used that instrumental for my top breaks over my PSAs and liners, which is great, by the way. So I got to give kudos to Kyle West for that one. What is the name of that song? Um, I've, I've Waited Too Long. I've Waited Too Long. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the name of it. Now, being on Uptown at that time, Uptown was hot. I mean, you guys, I'll guy, and then later on you had Mary J. Blige and Jodeci. Now explain to me what was it like being in Uptown at that time and then later on, Sean Puffy Combs, who now goes by PDD Kids, was an intern, then turned his internship into an and opposition at Uptown. What was that like? That was just a magical time. You know, it was a very exciting time in music. And, uh, and Andre Harrell was just a visionary. Yeah. I mean, he was just instrumental in turning the entire R&B sound around at that time. And so he is definitely to be credited for um, creating some of the hottest R&B that has lasted for the past 10, 12, Mary still around. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah, that's that's definitely a trip right there because last, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, it was 16 years that uh, Forever My Lady by Jodeci charted on Billboard's Hip Hop and R&B Top 40. And it's like kids my generation, even though we didn't grow up in New Jack and Hip Hop Soul, we listen to that stuff and still it's like you kind of hear a resonance of it like with this current generation, you know, like the samples and some of the lyrics and stuff kind of reminiscent of that time period. Yeah. You know what's so, um, it really blows me away, Jarrell, that your generation, that, that, you know, that you know so much about New Jack Swing. And um, we know that it was, a, a, it was just a histor- historical time in music because you had so many young artists, musicians, songwriters that were just incredibly talented. And a time where, you know, someone like Andre Harrell could have his own company and distribute so much talent, you know, and, and it make a mark in history, and it be called something. I mean, it's just, it, it really, it blows me away that you know so much, you mm. know, and you were probably about two or three at the time. Yeah, because I was three, yeah, three when Heartbreak came out, I think three when Don't Be Cruel came out, two when Make It Last Forever came out, and when Attitude by Troop came out. So I was just wee, wee bit because I used to collect, like, record. Well, not record, but back in the day, cassette singles. You know they were cassette singles because they had on the thing CS. Now, I had, like, every, like, Troop single and stuff, and I watched Video Soul and Soul Train religiously. So it felt like I grew up in that in that period, even though I wasn't at that age. And I kind of regret not being my age back then because, hey, if that was the case, I would have been at the club every night night. Sweating my behind well, off, rocking my polka dots. It sounds like you love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not the not the not the new music, but it's kinda like hip hop rap, I think, has taken the industry and made it like, okay, we're gonna make R and B very hip hop ish and I think hip hop soul kinda, you know, was like, okay, we're gonna take more hip hop elements and make it an R and B. Right. Um can I ask you something, Jarrell? How did you discover the girls? How did I discover the girls? Funny you should ask that, Monica. Um, how I discovered the girls was um, my aunt, who's from Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to everybody in South Carolina, 803. Um, she has 
a boatload of tapes of um, Video Soul and Video Vibrations. And across one of the tapes, it had the video for Jam Jam If You Can on there. And, um, you know, I remember seeing the video and the song was like funky and stuff. And the video, I have to say, very 80s, you know, no look like no storyboard, no treatment or none. Just shot in New York City maybe for like a couple of hours or so and be, be done. Because it seemed like 50, 50 11 people had their cameos in the video walking by <laughs> and stuff like that. And you guys doing the dance moves and stuff. And that's how I came to uh, discover the girls through my aunt's old library of video vibration video soul tapes mm-hmm. from June or July of 89. Wow, yes. Yeah, so so that's that's my little story in a nutshell. Now, um, what do you guys are up to these days? Well, uh, I own a realty company in Greensboro, and so I do real estate and uh, a little bit of songwriting here and there, not as much as I used to. Okay. And, and she's a mom. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a mom. I have two kids. Oh. And they're amazing. As a matter of fact, I'm at football practice right now as I'm talking to you. And they're amazing kids. Her kids are so cute and so smart. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Beautiful kids. Okay. And I am in California, and I have my own uh, event coordinating and brand marketing and artist development company. It's called Odo Payne, Inc., and I throw events that cater to people in in, in, in the entertainment industry here in Hollywood. And, um, and you know, I'm still, I, I write like Tara, I still write songs. It's, it's something that I will never leave either of us because that's something we do love. But it's not as much as, as we used to. Right. Um, so I'm still, you know, I'm still somewhat in, in entertainment. And, uh, you know, I made a vow that... Uh, I know that the girls, um, we were the, the first New Jill Swing group, mm. and we, were, we, were the, we are the originals, and I've just made a vow that I would keep that alive and make sure that we do have our place in, in history, mm. um, because as I look back, as young as we were, which we were very young, and going for our dreams, leaving South Carolina, moving to New York, and having the opportunity to realize our dreams, and not only that, but realize that we were writers at a time in a very male-dominated industry. We wrote, arranged our vocals, and co-produced our, our, our entire album, along with Kyle West. And, um, you know, and I just, I want people to know that we were there, mm-hmm. you know, and that, um, and that we did, that we were impactful in, in some way, and it really means a lot to us, so... You know that's 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 one of my missions. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys know what Terry is up to nowadays? Yeah, Terry's a mom. She has a beautiful little boy, Tristan. Um, Terry's still writing here and there, singing background here and there. So Terry's doing good. Okay, it seems like everybody's all nice and well. Now, what do you what do you guys take on? the R&B today as compared to during the whole New Jack hip-hop soul period. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> anybody, anybody. I just say wow. Um, I think there are a lot of talented artists yet. Um, I think that the music has gone so far to the left. Like, there are only maybe two topics that are ever discussed in R&B anymore that it's kind of sad that I think that 
um, we had sort of gotten locked in and pigeonholed, you know, to not being as creative as we used to be. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely so, because it's kind of like, you know, it's like nowadays, it's like five, ten years from now, are we going to be playing Your Love's Like Honey by Pretty Ricky? Or crank that by Soldier Boy? I have no idea. It's kind of seems it kind of seems like they're more in it for the moment as opposed to for the long run. And labels nowadays about getting money as opposed to doing what Motown and Stacks and labels like that used to do back in the day, which was groom and develop talent. Right, Jarrell. Yeah, and we wanted we wanted catalog records. We didn't want records that were going to be um, short lived. Mm-hmm. We wanted what the Gap Band had. They, you know, you still listening to Gap Band records and Maze and, you know, all those uh, all those records that our parents were listening to. I'm not sure whether um, the music today will be able to stand the test of time. Yeah, right. Yeah, because like like I said, music during that New Jack period, like I said, you can hear it all the times. Like been sampled. I know Night and Day has been sampled plenty of times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, things of that nature. So it's like they know about it, but they know about it through sampling. Because pretty exactly. much everybody in the industry, like Kanye, Pharrell, everybody, they came of age during that period. Actually, Pharrell came up with Teddy Riley because Pharrell actually co-wrote Rump Shaker for Teddy Riley. That was his first, I believe, gold record. And, uh, you know, so it's, so it's kind of like, you know, I think it's going to kind of sort of make a resurgence. And how you guys feel about uh, Andre Harrell and Teddy Riley being honored this year at VH1's Hip Hop Honors? I love that. I feel, well deserved. Yeah, very well deserved. Well deserved. I'm waiting for the Uptown movie. Well deserved. Mm. He deserves it. Definitely Absolutely. so. Yeah, because I definitely feel New Jack was very underrated in terms of like the popularity and the influence. But I think now because of the hip hop honest thing, I think it's probably gonna be a big, you know, like wow, we we missed this for so long. Let's rediscover it. I, so that's how I think that's going to be. Now, do you guys have any shout-outs that you want to give before we conclude this interview? Well, everybody in Columbia, South Carolina, our home, um, keep the dream alive. Don't let go of what you want to do. Be persistent. It'll happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Monica, anything? Mom and Dad, hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Tara pretty much pretty much said it. She pretty much said the words out of your mouth, basically. She basically did. All um, right. Yeah, just. Keep, keep your head up, keep going, hold on to your dreams, and don't be afraid to dream. All right. That's that- saying. Thank you, Jarrell. No yes, thank you. Problem. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have another exclusive in the books. Monica and Tara are former members of the late 80s, early 90s, R&B girl group, The Girls. Tara, Monica, thank you for doing this interview, and hang on the line. Okay. All right.